Welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey, and he was here, but he had to take a knee, whatever that means. I'm sure he'll be back. While we wait on him, permit me to remind you listeners that here at The Fear of God, we explore. We don't explain, except for right now when I explain that you can find all things foggy at thefearofgodpodcast.com, things such as, and especially how to support us on Patreon. Wait, what is this? Who Who is this emerging from the fog but the one, the only, re <laughs> I kind of lost my breath there, and so I just decided to go with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm... Hey, buddy! Hey! I am so glad to be here. Oh, my God. Reed Lackey is my name, and I am (laughs) (laughs) discussing... You know what's funny? We're just going to start. Um, Like, (laughs) sometimes choices get made. (laughs) (laughs) Choices were made. WTF. (laughs) You know, like how did this get here? And then, how did we how did we commit to this path? <laughs> it's like some Marky Mark up in the happening. And, it's like you oh know, my lord, and everybody. You know, what's funny is I'm not going to let you talk. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, and I feel like I brought this up on. I don't remember when I brought it up, but I, it might have been our original village conversation because okay. it's fresh in my brain. Like we just listened to it. Yeah. Like I just listened to the village. But I bring up how I watched the movie or I watched the first five minutes of the movie Waterboy years yes. ago. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, yes. and like Adam Sandler starts talking and I was like, no, really? Nope. <laughs> when are we going to get to the real thing? <laughs> when is the real when is the real movie going to start? <laughs> real movie show up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being pranked right now. I'm looking around. It's <laughs> hidden cameras on this. This is not a real movie. This is a YouTube oh, short. Oh, this is the sequel to Earth. This is After Earth. Oh, my, okay. oh my Where we, where everyone picks up a new verbal affectation. And they, and they so all. So for the rest of the concession, Raj, <laughs> we're going to have an affectation. <laughs> and we're this good. Is- Good look to listeners who <laughs> try to decipher what the sun. Do you know what it reminds me of? Listeners are not going to appreciate this, but you know what it, you know what it reminds me of? I love it when you say that. Is when, what? It's from back in our very, very early California days when listeners, wow. to, to set the stage, like when Nathan and I first moved to California, Nathan and I briefly lived out here. This uh, is in 2002. Yeah, in 2002, we briefly lived out here together. And we were trying to find a house, trying to find jobs and everything. And 
And uh, for a period of time, we just decided like we're just going to take a break. And we went to Blockbuster and we checked out like the first season of Twenty Four. And what 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 you were just, wow. what you were just doing reminded sure. me of freaking Dennis Hopper bargaining <laughs> chip. It's like his line is, we will use Bauer as a bargaining chip. But the way he said it, it was oh, like, man, we rough. will use Bauer as bargaining Bauer chip. Bauer as bar- bargaining <laughs> chip. Nathan and yeah. I just <laughs> devolved it. We just, compl- by the end of it, we're just like, it's like some, some, sometimes choices get made. <laughs> choices got made. And Dennis Hopper, oh man, chewing chewing some Eastern European dialect, and yeah, and failing miserably, chewing something so, else while he was delivering his line, apparently. But <laughs> hmm. I don't know what that means, you know. Um, just that he had food in his mouth. Where'd you go? <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's after Earth. What are you gonna do, Reed? We've got some quick business to attend to before we get to the main discussions today, since that hasn't started yet. Um, one, if you are finding us for the first time today, congratulations. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to Shamalamarama. <laughs> Their first the episode. Most- fun conversation series we've ever done i love the idea i'm sorry to interrupt business time but i love the idea that the first time somebody stumbles upon us is because they're like after earth like who's talking about that movie yeah it's will smith he's listening (laughs) somebody still likes this movie there it is oh man uh, uh, so if you are finding us for the first time because somehow you just are (laughs) vacuuming up all that after earth content you know a dozen years later we are doing we're doing the twist across the catalog of director but did he m night Shyamalan. uh today's conversation will feature a patron only discussion of a few episodes from apple tv plus's series servant mm-hmm. and we'll also be seeing how the smith family is doing as we discuss after earth Indeed. Second bit of business is we relaunched the fog merch store with fresh and refreshed fog swag that's a that's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. For the month of June, get ten percent off, listener, using promo code Twist. If you happen to be a patron, and you should be, <laughs> there is a post in that feed with a code good for twenty percent off your whole order. Get some fog swag. Be mm-hmm. the lovely fogger we know you to be. That you know what? That's enough business for now. That's Reed business. Um. Should we do the twist at the Shamalamarama? Let's, Let's twist our way into Servant. We will be right back as we get blown out the airlock <laughs> with After Earth. <laughs> do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalamarama. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalamarama. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalamarama. What's all about this episode? <laughs> Wow. Oh, my goodness. Re-re. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing um, After Earth. So, wow. a thousand years after cataclysmic events forced humanity's escape from Earth, Nova Prime, not to be confused with Glenn Close, has become mankind's new home. <laughs> Legendary General Cypher Rage. <laughs> It's like they put a. It's like they put one of those name generators. It's like, what's a badass sci-fi name? 
Oh, Cypher Rage. Video game name <laughs> okay. is what it is. It's a yeah, video game oh, name. that's so dumb. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Put some respect on that name. Legendary General Cypher Rage returns from an extended tour of duty to his Estrange Famla, ready to be a fater to his 13-year-old son, Katai. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> We can't even get through the summary. Um, when an asteroid storm damages Cypher and Katai's craft, they crash land on a now unfamiliar and dangerous dun 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 Earth. As his father lies dying in the cockpit, Katai must trek across the hostile terrain to recover their rescue beacon. His whole life, Katai has wanted nothing more than to be a soldier like his father. Today, he gets the chance <laughs> of a lifetime. <laughs> of a leaf tear. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah. Somehow, it just... So, here's the thing. Okay. This is not a good movie. Um, But, you know, like... I did read some of the IMDb stuff. It's actually kind of sad, and that's why mm. it feels bad, like punching on it. But it is also not a not a good movie. Um, <laughs> In, indeed, like it, I'm not I even know. reading the notes right now or the IMDb stuff right now. But like things like you know, Shyamalan's on board because Will Smith wanted to work with Shyamalan, but more or less Will Smith did much of the heavy lifting and kind mm. of was apparently pretty you know boorish about. I'm using that word um, editorializing yeah. a bit there um, about you know, kind of the direction of things. I mean, Reed basically says the script started as like a father and son on a camping adventure. Like that was yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. How did we get <laughs> right. to this? Right. This right. is indecipherable. Mm-hmm. Sorry, cypher rage. This is like, <laughs> cypher rage. it's like, there's a, there's a comedy trope called hat on a hat. Like this is hat on yes. a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Like how yeah. many, what on a hat what are we doing here on a hat on a hat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, and and honestly, here's what I think is kind of... This is going to be the first 30-minute Fear of God ever. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. We got to do at, least, I know, I at know. least 35. So um, the I will say that like the premise here, I'm not, I'm not setting up for a joke right now. I think this premise has genuinely got some potential. Got a lot of potential, actually. Not, yeah. not specifically, you know, just the, the... There's some quibbles that I have about some of the individual elements of it, but some? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I feel like the notion is is pretty compelling in and of itself. It's just like, okay, this kid wants to win his father's affection. There's some family trauma in the in the background that's that's sort of shackling him a little bit. He can't quite get there, and now they're thrust into a survivalist situation. And I, I think that's very interesting. I think that that it has a tremendous amount of potential. Um, I I will say that like the two big things that I think are holding this movie back and they are holding it back. We're not talking about like a little bit of restraint. We're talking like anchors dragging it down to the bottom of the ocean are those ridiculous accents. I can't defend the accents. It's, it's absurd. If it feels like, and looks like everybody is struggling to remember their line. Do you remember when we watched graveyard shift listeners? If you haven't listened, like, and everybody seemed like, before they delivered their line, they, the, they were like, thinking. looked off to the side to be like, how am yeah. I supposed to talk again? That's the way everybody feels in this movie. And the well, only it's like time they're it- finding, you know, in, in accent work, 
you basically find like your hook words, right? Mm, like sure, your, right. the words you conjure and say to get you into it. Like, okay, right. okay, I'm, I'm not speaking it. And then suddenly like, uh, you know, Mary Poppins, you know, the, right. okay, now I can talk with a Cockney accent, you know? Right, right. Um, like it, that's what you're watching is they're like, what's my hook word? I got to say it in my brain, mm -hmm. say it in my head to myself, but, th but you could, I bet you can watch them mouth it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they start to deliver their line. Yeah. I mean, Reed, what what in the world? But it's but, absurd. But you're burying the lead. It's already been mentioned. Like this, uh, to your point, strip away all the BS, and there's a decent core story here. There is, yes. Survivalist father injured son, you know, and some backstory dynamic of of proving oneself or living up to legacy and blah blah blah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and and that stuff. I'm not going to necessarily say it works in this movie, but the, but the core is intact. Yes. That's what's so weird is like they, they threw it. It's like they threw it in. Um, I've been doing a lot of listening to this type of stuff lately and, and, uh, commentary and, you know, cause I send you these links. It's like they threw it in chat GPT and they're like, make us a sci-fi movie. Right. It's like, Oh, right. this is, there's a monster and there's shitty CGI. And there's like, <laughs> Oh, look. And <laughs> you know, weird accents. Like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and it just, the the but what's so bizarre i don't know how much you read on the back stuff but like a bit not as much as it sounds like you did but i, I know a bit but yeah go ahead. it is difficult serious statement it is difficult to take will smith seriously these days um and mm. and so that's unfair ish mm. unfair ish mm -hmm. um sounds like you were trying to say something different <laughs> that's on parish <laughs> that's on parish i'm sorry i'm sorry uh, what huh? you know you're like waiting for the character to who speaks in just standard american dialect mm -hmm. you know it's natural like uh, what yeah <clears throat> you're waiting what are you doing? yeah you're waiting for yeah. the ursa to talk so that you can actually understand what's, what's mm. happening so yeah. yes so um nothing else evolved you know mm. like mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not like you know, they've got this sort of ghosting silliness, but anyway, yes, it's hard to watch Will Smith these days again, unfair or not. But even before the slap heard around the world, I remember thinking of, and dude, I grew up on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like mm, love yeah. the dude and his best work. Like I can quote at least 50 to 60% of Big Willie style. Like, mm. um, you know, and most of the other 30% is just lost to time. But, <laughs> uh, but where I'm going with this is like, I remember watching Suicide Squad, the David Ayer one and being like, this is, uh, what are we doing here? Mm. This is not a movie. Gotcha. Yeah. This is a Will Smith hero shot movie. And that was, that was for me, one of the earlier moments, even though that was relatively recently, um, of like, huh, I don't know mm. mm -hmm. what's, going, what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, Loved King Richard, you know, pursuit of happiness is great. So, you know, he can deliver when he needs to, but it's weird watching this because this isn't early Will Smith. Uh, no, this is, this no. is 2013. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. And, and so to see something that's such a, such a wild misfire, uh, conceptually like, oh yeah. Failure to launch conceptually. Um, but where I was going with that is in the back matter reading, he envisioned this as this big, like, 
interconnected multimedia avatar level kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. holy cow, what a, what a short sighted level of grandiosity, Mm -hmm. uh, to sort of exercise here. Um, I'm going to make a, a, a comp here that, you know, I feel very strongly about and it's silly stuff like love the guy, but I've, I've grown to feel this way about the rock these days. Oh, I'm like, I don't know that I really trust you as having more than your own vanity in mind much these days. Oh, I can, um, I, I understand where you're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, so it becomes this weird lens of like, I don't know that years ago, heck maybe in some of our, I actually think it's in some of our, um, film classes at school at, at college together. Yep. Of, I remember watching an interview with Harrison Ford and mm. him talking about being in a thing to serve the story. Right. Oh yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. I just don't feel like uh, these days, the, the Will Smith, the, the rock, like these performers, these larger than life dudes, they're not there to serve the story anymore. You mm. know, it's like, this is, mm. it, it's, it's about a brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but the point no, being, it's just this weird, this, this movie is a very weird artifact of like how monumentally a thing could go wrong. Sure. Uh, when its core is pretty solid. Yeah. It has so much potential. Um, so a, a few things just in quick succession. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just random. No, 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 it's okay. Um, I said there were two things that are, that were holding us back. I'm going to get the first thing was those mm. dreadful accents. The second thing I'll come back to in just a second, but I do want to comment on the, on the whole, the rockness of, of it. And, inclined a little bit towards like because because i've thought about this a lot in different contexts i i can't take credit for this observation but when i read it it was on some news article so i don't remember who um penned it but uh, i really thought it held some water they said the the difference between an arnold schwarzenegger and a dwayne johnson is that arnold schwarzenegger somewhat deliberately sought out some of the best directors of the time. He worked Mm. with James Cameron. Mm -hmm. He worked with John McTiernan. He worked with Reitman. Like he, although he is ostensibly an action star and has quite a few to his credit, you know, just fluff pieces or duds or whatever. He had some intention of working with really strong directors. Whereas Dwayne Johnson, Mm -hmm. the rock is more like it's the, it's the IP showcase it's my the, persona. Yes, exactly. Right. And he's got charisma for, for years, you know? So, sure. so I get that one thing I will say has genuinely beyond his wrestling days, which of course everybody on the show knows I love my wrestling, except when I'm playing it as a video game with Nathan, that sucks. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I will say that like the show, the TV show, young rock is genuinely wonderful. It is, it is great. Huh. It is big hearted. It will, if there's any, honestly, I think it's the strongest piece of anything that he has ever done. I, I think I think it's really an exceptional show, very, very heart-filled and heartwarming, and I love Young Rock. So that I, I just can't have that whole other observation sure. made without sort of giving some love to Young Rock, because I think Young Rock is, is just an absolutely wonderful show. Um, but I do think that's a difference here, and getting it back to Will Smith and After Earth and everything is, you know, I feel like... There's a ton of attention that can be paid to, oh, we're going to leverage my star power to build this monumentally successful thing. 
And don't get me wrong, Schwarzenegger has a gigantic ego, a huge ego. So do the people he was working with. (laughs) I mean, nobody's going to say Jim Cameron is humble. (laughs) Nobody will. But there was a certain degree of like craft that is going into this that says like, hey, we're not going to build and develop. It's not just an IP machine. We're going to actually sort of zone in and, and, and hone this. And I think what's perhaps saddest of all about this is, to your point, everything I have seen about it seems to indicate that there was a genuine earnestness of Will Smith wanting to work with M. Night Shyamalan, that the pair of yeah. them wanted to partner up on something to see what cool things could happen. But then, unfortunately, you don't let... I mean, I will say this. Sometimes it does not work. We This series is, is um, an indicator of that, if anything else is. But I think if you're going to work with Shyamalan, you got to let him do his thing because he's going to take big swings for the fences and maybe they're going to be completely foul balls or maybe they're going to be a home run. But you got to let him do his thing. This doesn't feel like a Shyamalan film at all. It doesn't to me like there's so little about it to distinguish it as like, oh, there he is. There's that flavoring. There's that touch. Like there's nothing, not in the shot setup, not in the script. And, And I know he at least did some of the dialogue or at least did, you know, uh, accredited as such. Um, but it just doesn't feel like him in the slightest, which is really, really weird. Um, and so I think t- to a certain degree, whatever it was that, that the intention of this piece began as, I think somewhere along the line, it evolved into something that just became uh, kind of a, yeah, let's, let's build a franchise machine. And I think when you start off trying to do that, you're you're already off on the wrong foot. Uh, even if what you're trying to do is is completely well intentioned, uh, you're you're just never gonna get there with with that avenue. Uh, and that brings me to my second thing that is that I think is holding this back is um, it feels like it is purposefully trying to like. <sighs> I was really bothered by the pacing of this. Pacing is 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 a way into broadly what I'm talking about. Just. The storytelling rhythm of this entire piece is off. It's not just as simple as, oh, it's slow here and then it speeds up a little bit. or it, like It's not just a matter of they need to clip through the action faster. I feel like the storytelling rhythm of this entire thing is just a bit off kilter. And that's, I think, the, the other big anchor that's holding it back from some moments. That, there's a couple of moments in this that I would genuinely applaud and without a qualifier like that. I think like, Oh yeah, that, that moment right there is really, really good. Um, or that moment right there is like, I can kind of see what they were trying to do and trying to do. And that kind of feels nice. But for the most part, just the storytelling here is, is completely, uh, off in terms of, well, and yeah, it's structure. And it's to your point about how shammy it feels or doesn't like IMDB says, And I quote, although not credited on the finished film, co-writer slash producer Will Smith was responsible for much of the movie's direction. Yeah. While Shyamalan was primarily in charge of the blocking (laughs) and visual aspects of the film. Yeah. It was Will Smith who personally coached Jaden, his performance, and dictated the development of the story and the on-screen action. Yeah. After both of those were heavily criticized, Shammy took the blame. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this is why, you know, so it's, so it's clear. Like, like I really do think a lot of the guy and like, that's like, 
it's almost like bless his heart. He, he threw himself on a sword that wasn't even his, Yeah, you know, exactly. and, yeah. and, and it kind of jacked up his career for a season. Yeah. Um, now I haven't seen airbender, so can't really speak to well, that. And that's not really an airbender point, was but... before this, just to be noted, like Air, oh. airbender was before after earth. So Shyamalan was already in a, in a kind of a death spiral in terms of how people were receiving most of his product. So I love the guy as well. And I, this, that factoid that you just delivered that he kind of fell on the sword of this movie on one hand, I'm like, that is a genuinely kind of benevolent thing to do. And I appreciate him all the more for having done it. That having been said, he had a little less to lose at that time in that moment than say the pedigree of Will Smith did. So there, there's also a certain tactical bit at that. He was already getting raked across the coals for his last couple of films. So it just wasn't, you know, like you had Happening and Last Airbender that had come before After Earth. So people were already kind of feeling that way about him. Just pile on one more thing to the pile. I'm sure there was a, probably a version of a conversation that kind of happened like that. Well, I'll just, I'll just take the blame. People aren't really digging me these days anyway, so we'll just do this. And, and whatever he may have felt about that personally, I still think it was a kind of a benevolent thing for him to not bury people in the press. little anecdote, we've covered the victim on the, on the movie. Um, I was not privy to most of these conversations, but in my experience, for listeners who don't know what the victim was, the victim was a, a, a screenplay that I had written and it eventually became a movie. It originally had a different director. Michael Bean was not going to be the director of it. It originally had a different director who was signed on and was attached to it and was going to be credited as the director. But then on set, now I wasn't privy, again, I wasn't privy for all these conversations. On set, Bean had such a specific vision for what he wanted to do that the actual assigned director was not really participating in a directorial role. The difference between that and what I hear happened about After Earth is Michael Bean was eventually credited as the director of the victim. Um, Whereas in this situation, it feels like a similar thing emerged where just Will Smith apparently had just such a big vision for what he wanted this thing to be. Like you said, like, Shyamalan is is basically showing up not as a collaborator, but as a day player, as somebody to just do logistic blocking. And then when that time came, you know, like you said, just decided, okay, we got to we got to do something different about here. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't have much hand in the script. He's credited as a co-writer on the script. But like I said, like, well, that this says the first time he arrived to a piece with someone else's screenplay. So mm, he may, yeah. maybe there was some concession there of, Hey, you know, punch this up a little bit. We'll give you a, a credit, sure, a credit on that um, front. But, yeah. but I get the impression he, he was a hired hand initially that then just got, you know, thrown in front of the bus. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And I mean, I, f- I feel like that's all evident in the finished product. I feel like it's really, you know, love or hate knock at the cabin, love or hate old love or hate the village. Any any number of his films, they feel like M. Night Shyamalan films. Like his his visionary directorial voice is very, very evident in so many of his individual pieces. Again, that's regardless of whether or not you wind up liking or responding to the piece. This yeah, doesn't I, feel I think, that way, you know. I think my persistent issues with Shammy the the creator is never the craft. Sure. Like, right, right. He's right. an excellent craftsman. Um, you know, I may not love finished products necessarily, but you know, the the actual execution is always sound. Sure. Like this. Yeah. I mean, 
within minutes. I, w- I looked up, when did this release? Because the CGI was just so <laughs> oh, it's, abysmal. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, in those early scenes. Yeah. And, I mean, just that that whole epilogue. I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, uh, and, 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 and so that's where it just kind of blows your mind when you see the, the genesis of the story was father-son survival in the woods, uh, you know, on firm terra firma, uh, not whatever this is. And yeah. just... I don't, I don't know, man, like talk about getting out in front of your skis. Um, <laughs> yeah, no joke. No joke. Um, well, I do have some didactics. Do you want to bring us into that? Ain't right. Have you got some? Do you oh, have right. Cause we had, we had sort of forgotten that we, we are a horror show read. Sometimes, so, you know, if it's gory, if it's gross, if it causes Chris Rock and Will Smith to fight, <gasps> it's time for the part of the show we call Now that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. It ain't right. Nothing right about it. No, it ain't right. No, it ain't right. No, that ain't right. It ain't right. It sure is telling it right. It sure is telling it right. That ain't right. That ain't, that ain't right. right. That sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> That ain't right. Oh, God, that ain't right. Oh, my man, my man, my man. Um, Go ahead. What you got? What's what's on that ain't right for you? Well, my first one is just the CGI. I was like, holy cow, this is is rough. Um, Like, it it literally looks like the most generic, you know, bottom barrel, uh, late aughts, early tens CGI. You know, it's like, wow, you guys just don't care. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's that's casting as person. Here's what's hard about this stuff. Everybody cares, just uh, you know. Yeah, like sure. But they, but but <laughs> I, I don't know. Anytime, listen. Anytime, anytime that a later or uh, in the 2000s that CGI is bad or dreadful on what is clearly an otherwise highly budgeted film. Anytime the CGI is bad, I always say like, "Hey, I want to let you off the hook, but Jurassic Park was 1994. I want to let oh, or yes. 93. Sorry, yeah. I want to let you off the hook, but Jurassic Park CGI holds. Yeah, like it still holds up today. And that sucker was 1993. Like I get it. You had Spielberg, you had cutting edge and everything. But the oh, it was early days of CGI is not an excuse when you got a film like Jurassic Dude, Park in '93. This you know? budget went to Will Smith. I mean, it's that seems to be what happened. That absolutely seems you know, to be what happened. Yep. I mean, the minute in that epilogue when they're showing the sort of from the battlefield footage of just him striding along, ghosting some monster, like <laughs> this is dumb. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, the CGI sucks. Uh, that's my first thing, right? Yeah. Honestly, so my my that ain't rights are all very very superficial. Um, sure. I did, and it's it's hard to know which one to mention because honestly, I have, you know, like just <laughs> there's just so many. There's just so many that ain't right. No, the but they're all very superficial. Like I, I, the very first one, the top one that I put is him puffing up after that parasite thing bit his hand. I'm like, okay, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right now, like I, you know, that that's getting a little getting a little uncomfortable. Like, put your face away. Like, oh my god, that looks that looks so gross. Um. And then I don't have to cite them if you don't want me to, but the other two were just like the, what, two jump scares in this movie? Like, 
the girl the girl's face the girl's face and and when the ursa oh. attacks yeah yeah when the girl's face happened i was like ah oh. <laughs> there it is there it is <laughs> i love how instead of scaring you it made you proud you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, okay. there's there it is. That's there what is. I came for. Yes. That's what I came for. Mm-hmm. Like, it took a while, <laughs> and and by the time they were trying to tell me he had a daughter, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What are the relationships in this movie? It's That's like, not his mama. Uh, okay, which Zoe Kravitz of all things, like of all the things people yeah. talk about in this movie, like oh Zoe Kravitz, they are doing her thing in that but, Batman movie you loved. <sighs> well, that's carry on, carry on. <laughs> You're like, you know wait, what? You can wait. fault that Batman movie all you want. That doesn't look good. It looked great. I won't deny it. Won't deny it. Um, But I, you know, like I will say that just like, yeah, it's, it is uh, your reaction to it is kind of like I envision if you go to Halloween horror nights and some big creepy, scary monster jumps out to try to scare you and you look at him and go, Oh, thank you. Like, you know, that wasn't the, that wasn't the reaction they were going for. (laughs) I would no. say I would say no. that about pretty much most of this movie. That wasn't the reaction they were going for. <laughs> whatever, whatever we. I'm responding. <laughs> maybe not the way you wanted. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> unexpected. Um, so, so where's the other take? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the take uh, you chose. Okay. So, that. Hmm? This is the dialect we're going with. Yep. Basically. Basically. Man, um, dialect. Good God. That ain't right. Yeah, I said the freaky leech. You know, yeah, that's yeah, gross. Yeah, I mean, anything else for you? Or is that no? I mean, I basically wrote down the jump because, scares and that thing. Yeah, that's it. yeah, because you know, read, listen. Did you squirm? Did you wince on 2022 Oscars night? It was probably because of what we around here. <laughs> that sure as hell ain't right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that ain't right. Lord mercy. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh mm, mm. my god. <laughs> <laughs> my man. <laughs> you just <laughs> Oh Lord. <laughs> never misses never misses a beat. Just gonna hit the highlight reel. Just like bam. Oh, gonna hit something. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my god. <laughs> oh Lord. I mean, and I will say this like quasi serious statement. <laughs> Um, I thought this in the moment and still think it now where I'm just like, man, like that overshad will forever overshadow everything that man does. And it just, mm-hmm. it just, it just really, really sucks. But I mean, I do feel like <laughs> it's just, you just said something really sucks, but I'm sorry. I couldn't, uh, you just, yeah, no, you're it, like, it just really, really sucks. But you know, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, Take take it out you take it out you heard it but um <laughs> but <laughs> get your teeth deep but out your mouth oh ugh. now you've made it weird. <laughs> now you've made it. it's too far <laughs> how do you know where the line is because you jumped across it oh Whee! man but um how how do you know the line is and. <laughs> Oh my God, there's Man, one. This is an this is an epic way to end Shemalama Rama Phase One. Well, it's know. it's not the end of Phase One, thankfully. But um, so but is it not? It's What's not, next? It's not the oh, oh right, right, right. Oh my look man, at, weird. Look at that. This out of sequence recording is just <laughs> just effing with my brain. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So so I think the other thing that I have uh, so we could tease this movie a lot. Have will continue to um. But I also think, just throwing it out there, um, I 
I was arguing in my head with this film's ideas about fear and the ghosting concept. So, should be noted, get my philosophy out there right away, uh, m- what I consider to be the healthiest way to deal with fear is not to eradicate it, but rather to adopt it in your mind as the instructive and guiding teacher that it can be. It can be crippling, and it can be too overwhelming at times, and that's not healthy either. But I think in a healthy heart and healthy mind, fear can be very instructive, and fear can be, uh, you know, like one of the friends of your uh, emotional palate that can help you, you know, grow and learn and, and everything. So, so I'm actually, it was interesting to me as I was watching this movie this time around, uh, and and just kind of like, yeah, I just don't know if I. I, I don't know if I agree with even just the somewhat superficial philosophy that it has of like, hey, these, I mean, it's got a narrative conceit in it. The Ursa cannot see you. They can smell the pheromone of fear. And so it's just like, okay, you know, danger is very real, but fear is not real. Quick side note. So fear is a choice, Reed. No, yes, I know. But he says at one point, fear is not real. And the reason that I know that is because in the very first iteration of our opening credits theme to the fog, that was one of the tiny clips that I used in there is, is Will Smith saying fear is not real. But um, yeah, but fear is a choice in this film, in this in the philosophy of this film. And I don't know, I, I, I have some I have some problems with that, like just as a concept. So we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I just I think it's it's not a valuable thing necessarily to live in denial of your fears or to live in ignoring of your fears. Um, I also don't think it's very valuable or healthy to let fear run your life. But I do think that there is a balance to be struck, like so many other things, where you position your fear in a place where you're like, okay, I acknowledge that I am afraid of XYZ, and I can move forward in it. Um, I, I tell my son this from time to time, and I've told a couple of other people this and told myself this as well, that if if you are never afraid, then you don't have the chance to be brave. Like you have to be uh, a little bit afraid or it's not bravery. You know, uh, I think I've even said, joked before on the pod or something that's like, it requires no bravery for me to eat a bowl of cereal or, you know, wake up and stand up in the morning. So, I mean, sometimes, but I uh, I just feel like it's important that we know like if we value bravery as a virtue and if we value courage as a virtue, which I do, that requires there to be a little bit of fear that you are not in denial of and not running away from, but rather are directly sort of having a relationship with. Uh, Again, hopefully not an abusive one, but uh, one where you are allowing it to be instructive for who you are. And so anyway, on top of all of the silly accents and and the bad CGI, I also this time around was like, I also disagree with this film's philosophical framework and, and what it's pursuing. I so. mean, it was, it's, it's just marketing. Like that's yeah. all it is. It's like yeah. utter surface level, you know, but it's, but it's, um, here's an interesting thought. I wonder if I, I, I joked about it in the patron segment, I struggled by the end of this movie to fully stay conscious. But <laughs> I wonder if there's a case you could make that inside the text of this film, um, by the end of it, he does feel fear. 
for mm. mm-hmm. him losing his kid and thus sure. which which the problem with that that I actually think is there yeah. is it kind of undercuts the entire marketing campaign mm. but to me stumbling into now here's what's weird like I wrote danger is very real, but fear is a choice. I put it in quotation marks. You might be right that, that they verbalize, maybe they verbalize it both ways, but I wrote it down as though it was a quote from the movie. So who knows? But the point being is like, to me, read, this is, you know, Will Smith has his people purchase a script. It's a survival yeah. story about a father and son in the, in the woods. And he's like, now that is good. Let's go, but go bigger. How big can we go? How big? Sure. No bigger. How big can we go? No bigger. Okay. Now how are we going to sell it? Okay. Uh, you know, um, it's a, it's a tale of survival and overcoming fear. It's like, well, what if, what if fear's a choice? Like, Oh snap. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's that my point is I'm, I'm being jokey, but my point is simply like, you're trying to say, I think the going philosophy here, and I'm just saying it's not philosophy. It's just branding. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think the text of the film is actually kind of at odds with the branding. Yeah. Um, yep. But I'm, but I'm with you. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think about this a lot, like, Oh, what I was going to say before going down the marketing path there is just like, it's just genre machismo stuff. Yeah. It's, it's fluff. Sure. It's, it's empty platitudes that really aren't rooted in any real human, real human dynamic. Like, right. I feel like if, you know, one of my children suffers with deep anxiety, if you were yeah. to say, Hey, that's just a choice you're making. What a terrible, irresponsible a- parent you would be for yeah. suggesting that. Yeah. Even let's, let's even pretend for a moment. There's truth in what you're saying. It's still highly inconsiderate and utterly lacking in compassion. Yes. To be like, Hey, this crippling thing you're feeling, that's a choice you're making. Yeah. You, you can unmake that choice. You can choose differently. You know, it's like, what a mm-hmm. stupid, again, empty platitude. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, it sounds like I could be, or it could sound like I'm making light of you targeting that. I'm not. I'm simply saying it is, it is empty. You're yeah. right. There's, they don't do know, the work. It's no, yeah. not at all. And it, which is weird because the story kind of does, but the, the, right. the movie doesn't. Right. You know, yeah, and and in the deliberate conceit of of the Ursa creatures being able to to smell fear, and that's how they kind of well, that's stupid. Kinda, yeah. But <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it, but, it, it, it's it's literally just mid aughts sci fi silliness. Yes, like literally read at the top in the opening monologue when when he's like, um, I wrote it down. He's like, uh, you know, on on, I can't even do it. I can't even fake the accent. Um, <laughs> but on Nova Prime. Uh, the aliens released Ursa. And I was like, okay, really? <laughs> we just called them aliens? Yes. And they released Ursa, a pro- proper named monster? Like, what? Right. How stupid. <laughs> and they said, Ursa was specially bred to kill humans. I'm like, that was fast. Yeah. What is going on here? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is the dumbest shorthand mm-hmm. of storytelling to, to, get to, the, to get to the ghosting idea. Yeah. They stumbled basically. into an idea yeah. and they retrofitted it. Right. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because and uh, yes, and you raise a really good point. Like you're going to specify the names of all these other things, but then just the aliens use the generic word yes. aliens. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, it's anyway, a video game. It, it feels yes. Yeah. And a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like it's like it's like 90s. Uh, I was going to say Bionic Commando, but I loved Bionic Commando. It's like <laughs> second rate Bionic Commando. Yes. Well, and I, I do want to speak one more word about the whole, like, because you made a really, really good point when you were talking about your child and 
how awful it would be if it was just like, you're, you're just choosing to be afraid and how reductive and how dismissive that kind of thing is. There is a way, there's a path to overcoming being crippled by fear. There's a path mm-hmm. to actually, as I would put it, becoming something of a friend to your fears to where, again, you position them as more instructive and, and, and uh, a, a, form, a form of some guidance as opposed to uh, you know, something that you're at odds with. But I always used to get really frustrated talking more anxiety and stuff about how much religious language would get wrapped up in like, there's no place for fear in the life of a Christian. And, you know, I heard so many times people still saying like believers who struggle with anxiety or depression and other people who would say to them like, oh no, that's just, you know, you're in the flesh or you're whatever language they wanted to throw at the thing. They were just like, oh, you're just in the flesh or it's, oppression or something like that and not like actually tackling the problem in a healthy way and they would cite as so frequently happens a couple of like proof text scriptures but i think it just bugs me like i know that it's difficult to live under a cloud of anxiety i don't want to be reverse dismissive and 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 try to normalize that as if that's you know just should be no thing and, and just like, oh, it, it's just completely fine. I do believe it takes work and I do believe it takes a certain degree of self-awareness and a certain degree of uh, maturity and, and some practice to be able to put your fears in a healthy place. Um, and again, like the film probably doesn't even, I, I, I'm not trying to be mean here when I say like the film probably doesn't even deserve the mental energy that I'm putting forth into uh, dialoguing with its central philosophy but you know with katai like he struggles don't say that name <laughs> it's a ridiculous get that name, name out your mouth <laughs> it's a ridiculous it name ridiculous name but with him like really read really i had to look up i was like what are they saying i don't even understand mm. what word what the words are yes anyway yeah it's a ahead. combination of kid and instead of my it's i so kid i and it's katai that's yes I don't know that that's. True. I think I think you just gave more thought than they did. That's <laughs> yeah, true. To naming I, and this I just character. made that up. Um, but no, back to the back to the thing is like narratively, he even asks the vision he's having of his sister Senshi, where he's just like, "Why didn't you ghost?" I'm like, "You'd have taken two minutes and made some version of philosophical statement there about why she couldn't do it that will fuel the finale when he's able to do it." But nope, nope. We're just gonna. We're just going to platitude it that like, okay, just root yourself in this moment. And there's some value in, in recognizing like, okay, yeah, be present, be aware, let your senses open up. Like, okay, yeah, those are, those are things that I can get behind. Like just being present in the moment, you know, heightening your awareness. All of those things I think are, are valuable and important. And I think they do help to alleviate senses of anxiety and, and fear and, and things like that. But it's just, this film, this film just could not be less interested in doing anything but generating some cool sequences where it can, and then it. I don't even think it really succeeds in doing that. I had one moment. Sorry, I take that back. I had one moment in this movie that I was like, "That's cool." Like, I like that. Jumped off the mountain. That was it. That's the one. Yep. That's the one. Yep. Like when he's jumping off the mountain, the whole thing. I was like, "This is yeah. a good sequence. This is a good. I like this sequence. This it's kind of really like cool. it's kind of like it happens, and you're like, huh. huh. How many right, times did you, know, you do that in this movie? And then you're, Every you're ten, back into it. Every 10 minutes, you're well, just like, that was oh. a different. that was a different response. That was a different response. Oh, okay. when, the, when the jump scare happens, you're like, oh. 
there you are. <laughs> when the when the jump off the cliff happens, you're like, okay, they tried. <laughs> they tried something, you know? Um, <clears throat> I did again, like the jump the off far, the cliff. Given this movie far too much credit and just because of the novelty of it, I'd want us to wrap up quickly. But um, sure. you're, you made me think of this is the, so this notion of befriending one's fear. Um, you know, I remember referencing... Uh, the book I cited a while back, Ruth Coker Burke's all the, all the, all the something. Oh, movies. all the young men. All the young men. Is that it? Um, Maybe about the uh, AIDS uh, victims that yep. she helped. I think it's yes. all the young men. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I think that's what it's called. You're right. All the young men. Good for yeah. you, Reed. Um, you get a gold star. I get a gold and, star. Um, but in that, she talks a lot about befriending death. And so this notion of befriending the thing that our top brain would mm. think mm. naturally we should distance ourselves from. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to make a slight plug here uh, for a book I haven't read, but it is on my wish list because I heard someone talking about it and like, that's actually very fascinating to me. Um, I referenced Dr. Becky a couple of weeks ago oh, and yes, in the same yes. interview when I good inside. Was, was, yep. Uh, was hearing about good inside. She referenced this book. It's called no bad parts by Richard Schwartz. Mm. And the subtitle is Healing Trauma and Restoring Wholeness with the Internal Family okay. Systems Model. I knew nothing about any of this, but what was really fascinating, because again, Dr. Becky is a child or family therapist and, yeah. um, you know, is, is, is speaking to the notion of how do we uh, healthily engage our children? How do we healthily engage ourselves as adults who were children? And sure. what that sort of dynamic is like. Yeah. But this concept of no bad parts concept and, and fear is a choice that the movie's positing when in fact I would say, and I think what you're saying is fear is a part of us. Yeah. Like, right. And right. what this book posits, at least on the surface level of, of hearing someone talk about it, who's knowledgeable and knows the author. It's like the, the idea that, you know, cause, cause specifically she was referencing talking to her own young son and the anxiety he felt and like slight emotionality, uh, uh, risk factor here, but like helping her under helping her son understand this is, you can, you can talk to this. Yeah. You can, right, you can address right. in this case, his was worry. They called it read like, it sounds a little wackadoo if you think, if you overthink it, but they called it his worry boy. Like mm. tell him mm. it's time to, it's time to be silent for a while kind of thing. Yeah. Like just this, right. you, you are part of a matrix of, yeah facets right yeah and the integrated self isn't one who who pretends you are singular mm -hmm. but who acknowledges i am <laughs> to reiterate myself not jokingly that i did last week you contain multitudes you are yeah you are right. many things you are many things at once mm -hmm. and it's not about pretending otherwise it's about knowing i am fearful right now right i'm not making the choice to be uh, I am fearful and I need to, I need to live. Right. But, and so I need mechanisms to help me overcome, mm -hmm. but I'm not choosing to be fearful. It is sure. scenarios and trauma and psych psyche. Right. That contribute to that. Um, but anyway, just, just an interesting note for possibly for the, the studious listener. Uh, but that's no bad parts. Um, interesting book that I've not read yet, but I've heard, a lot of talk about I'm, really fascinated. I'd be very, yeah, I'd be very interested to read that. So, I mean, yeah, the, uh, I, I think to your point, this film, um, doesn't deserve, 
necessarily the, which, you know, it sounds mean to say that, but I mean, like to a certain degree, I feel like there's just so many from word go missteps on this film that, you know, it just, it doesn't. But I think there's an important distinction here, right? We're talking about parts. I don't think this movie, which ultimately forgive the cynical word here is product. I don't think this product deserves what we're leveling Mm. at it. I think Mm. the story, I think the story, you know, the the narrative conceit. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And and there is some merit to a couple of those scenes. I will say this, and I've said it before, I don't consider this to be the unwatchable travesty that some people talk about it. I like, I find it difficult to watch something like The Last Airbender. I find it difficult to sit through that movie the same way I do sitting through something like Batman and Robin or something. You know, like there are some movies where I'm like, wow, I really am having a hard time. At least that movie's got nipples. (laughs) (laughs) It's... So it's got that going for it, <laughs> which is nice. Um, so, yes, uh, but, but you know, this is not a movie that gives a lot, and it is frustrating in certain ways, but it's not unwatchable. Like, you know, like there's a couple of those sequences and, and uh, that, that I really genuinely liked. I, mostly the suspense sequences, I was just kind of like your muted reaction of like, oh, Oh. I thought it was a decent little dramatic scene when he's trying to talk to him on the device, but the son can't hear him. I, I was like, yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there are those little okay. flickers of like, yeah. Oh, maybe they could have, maybe they could have done something, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, is the machine powering up now? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Oh, nope. It's not. Okay. We're just going to press on. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna keep, keep going. Keep going. And the first time I saw it, the very first time I saw it, I gave a little bit of credit to, the very you know you could forecast it a mile away but the stand me up scene i gave a little bit of credit to that the first this time around it it was just kind of like okay whatever but the first i mean first time listen I it. listen our our compatriot vera gaudi loves to be like that person is not uh bodied the way they're presenting on this <laughs> right like in that early scene when old soldier boy he's like stand me up yes and then do you notice reed the camera very clearly when he's standing on one leg air quotes is not below his yes. thighs yes exactly and he is he is standing like a balanced. two-legged person yes he's balanced oh, yes. evenly there right. is nothing yes. like uh, yeah it's stuff like that yeah. it is stuff like that like y'all released this yeah what did you think yeah. what do you what do you look at this cut this scene yeah no because will needs his stand me up <laughs> moment at the end <laughs> like right God. yes Yes. No, I get it. I want to go work with mom. Yeah, I get it. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. Oh, I feel sad. We can't do one of our shamio. segments. There's no shamio. Shamio doesn't Zeros. exist. Yeah. Zeros. Zero. I mean, the shamio still exists. It's it just, still exists. You know. Yes, yes. There isn't you know. Shamio does not exist in this movie. Um, but uh <laughs> Wow. But uh yeah, so no Shamio. No uh he showed up to do blocking and to take a script credit and that was ba- that's all M. Night Shyamalan had to do with this movie. Uh but we can do the fog meter. Uh so the fog meter is uh, our unique metric of fear and God, where we grapple with the scares and the substance of it. It's not a measure of quality, it's a measure of gravity and heft. Uh Nathan. What's your fear measurement for, uh, in air quotes, M. Night Shyamalan's After Earth? As a one. <laughs> zero just feels like dickish. Yeah, you know? z- like, yeah. zero feels mean. Zero feels mean. I'm going to join yeah. you in your one because I'm like, like, yeah, it's not scary. There's a couple There's a couple of jump moments, though, like that might make you go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that might be the reaction that they get from me. 
It might make you go. It will make oh. you pause your bite of cereal. Uh, hmm. 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 <laughs> Tilt your head a little chewing. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. okay. That came and went real just, quick. Just, you know. Just keep going. So so yeah. One and uh, what would you give it for the God? Meter? What did you did you do one? Oh uh, yeah, I did one. Yeah, for yeah. fear. Yeah. What would you give it for the God meter? This I might give a zero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, I did that two weeks in a row. Yeah. What? Oh. One was me going out on a limb. This one, I'm not really, you know, there's, there's no real insecurity in this one. Yeah. So you're giving it a zero for the God meter? Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. I mean, come on. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like nothing here. No, there's nothing here. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm toying between a zero and a 0. 0.5. The 0. 0.5. Don't only, do the 0. 0.5. Yeah. Because we, we've got to have round numbers. No. When, since when do we have to have round numbers? Like since our art round numbers, it. round numbers are not real. They are a choice, and <laughs> and you can I choose see what you did. You can I see choose what you did. differently. Um, no, nah, I'm just gonna go with zero. Like, look, no, it's not the, the only philosophy. It's the film, empty. yeah, the only philosophy the film tries to put forward is one I profoundly disagree with and think, in some contexts, could be actively harmful. So I'm gonna say no. It's like to if, all you, that, if you if so. you if you were to sort of raise your voice at the screen when this movie's on, you'll hear an echo back at you. It's that empty. It's like, yeah, yeah. there's, mm-hmm. there's just stand me up. Well, you know, in this, in the spirit of, uh, you know, no round numbers, we give it a 0. 0.5 on the fog meter <laughs> because we each gave it one. You got around that. But yeah, no, I get it. I get it. How zero. that math worked. So, yeah. So, okay. so we give it a 0. 0.5 on the fog meter. I don't know if anything has gotten that low. I don't know if It'll anything's that's what it'll be a one man it'll be a point it. It, listeners of the episode will know it's really a point five it's really a point yeah. five is what it really is because what's funny is is just observers of instagram will be like i'm a one and then they go to listen to the episode they're like a point five. <laughs> and then they'll rewind it to the god they'll be like Goose! I want to be with them when they're doing a fog listening party. Those, those are the people that I want to be with in their car or whatever. They just react. Look, those are the people I want to be with. That was a choice. <laughs> they, are, they are cranking this episode up to 11 and they are loving it. They have got their cactus cooler. Mm. They have got all oh. the highlights. <laughs> they are. They got their paperback c- clowns in a cornfield on the passenger seat next to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Lord, I love it. I love it. Um, do you recommend After Earth to people? No. <laughs> no. I mean, no. Any, any, any effort otherwise would just be a prank. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> Yes. You like knock of the cabin? You would love this. Wow. Wow. <laughs> man, just. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Man just walked up to the Oscar stage and just like, here you go. Oh, man. <laughs> they, put that, they put that DVD in and I'm like, get that DVD out, your player. You know, oh, man. can't even. Doesn't even work anymore. No, no. I uh, I don't recommend this movie. I I think I think the movie is largely a waste of everybody's time, including and I don't normally say this, including for the people who worked on it. <laughs> oh no, I mean including people who are Shyamalan completists because I am fully convinced. Like we did the work for them. Yes, basically, I am almost completely convinced that M Night Shyamalan 
did not was not involved in this film except for a couple of blocking setups. I'm I'm almost fully convinced of that, especially after seeing it this most recent time. So so yeah, I mean even for Shyamalan completists, I I do not recommend this film. I don't. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about it because we I've had I've some enjoyed fun. talking yeah, about it. I've had I've had some fun with this, but uh, yeah, listeners, we'll go ahead and let you give back to stuff. Uh, that was that so was. So this is not our, the end of Shammy Phase Two. It is not. No, because next okay. week. No, we, I'm, no, we, I got it now. Yeah. I'm I'm teeing you up. Oh yeah. So next week. We are going to be taking a brief intermission in the Shyamalamarama, but that is not next week. Next week, we are going to be concluding the first wave of Shyamalamarama, and that first wave will conclude with a redux. Yeah, a redux of the film The Visit, which is interesting enough because he had this slew of films that were not received well and were not doing well, and The Visit was his attempt to reclaim some of his earlier, you know, like more fine-tuned filmmaking instincts, and he made the visit. So we're going to be going back to it. We loved it the first time around. Let's see if we still feel I, the uh, same way. Just FYI, added layer to this go round. Mm-hmm. I think I think my older kids may watch it. I show them the trailer. <gasps> I was like, just I, I said, just just watch the trailer, and it's oh, it's so funny. Read watching this like this like alluring thing it's like i don't know i can't well maybe it's it's just this yeah, yeah, daily yeah. roller coaster of like do i want to watch it or not my wife's like no way you're gonna show that to them yeah and then uh one of them was like i don't remember what the line is but about get in the oven clean the oven Ooh, like, i can't yeah. believe that yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that'll be a fun maybe a fun layer that will be fun i want to hear about how all that goes so we will be talking next week uh, for the patrons, we'll be doing a deep dive on Servant Season 2, Episodes 7 through 10. And then next week's episode for everybody will be a kind of a roundup of Servant Season 2. Um, and then also a Redux episode of The Visit. Um, so you can reacquaint yourself with The Visit and finish up through Season 2 of Servant. And that will, next week, will put a brief pause on Shamalamarama, while we take a small intermission that we think the listeners are really going to enjoy and going to have a lot of fun with. Um, and uh, so, yeah, as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Nathan, thank you as always. Great. Listeners, thank you as always. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Oh, see sorry. You guys. Sorry. Bye, everybody. Oh. oh, dude, are you from Nova Prime? <laughs> I can smell your fear. <laughs> you know that dogs and bees can smell fear. <laughs> I love, I love these listeners. <laughs> oh, dude, are you from Nova Prime? Dude, I can smell your fear, man. <laughs> dogs and dogs and bees can smell fear. <laughs> Did you know that human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> oh man. Oh man, this is great. All right. See you next time, fuckers. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. 
We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.